called the Lord's Prayer, and yet it's really should be known as the disciples' prayer because it was the disciples that came to Jesus and said, Jesus, teach us to pray. And then Jesus said, well, then this is how you should pray. And then he gave them really kind of a model prayer for them to pray. They say that um, prayer is a window into a person's heart. And uh, all of us probably pray at, at some level. I mean, my, maybe it's just thank you for the food, or maybe it's a now I lay me down to sleep, <laughs> you know, prayer. Maybe uh, it's, it's a Hail Mary prayer, Lord, help me pass this test. Maybe, you know, others, it's an it's a intimate conversation with God. It's a, for some, it's like in a specific place uh, in a, with a specific posture that we find ourselves praying. For others, it's, it's just like, talking to God throughout the day. But at the core of prayer is a window into a person's heart. When you hear another person pray, right, you, you, you discover like, wow, what's really important to them? What are, they, what are they really feeling for? What are they passionate about? Who are they concerned for? Uh, when, when, you, when you hear a person pray, it gives us a heart a window into their heart for God. Like, what do they think about God? How do they relate to God? And most of the time when we think about prayer, at least if you're like me, I think about us people here praying to God or to Jesus, right? I mean, that's, that's prayer. That's what we most commonly think about when we think about prayer. It's us talking, reaching out to God. But but what's crazy is, as we continue our series this weekend in the Gospel of John, where we've been tracking the life of Christ, when we come to John chapter 17, what, we, what we're going to see today is not people praying to Jesus, but it's Jesus praying for people. Isn't that like just a little different thought, a, di- a different take? Like, I think about praying to Jesus, but... In John 17, what we're going to see is Jesus praying to his Father for people. In fact, he's praying for even us here today. In fact, in the text, it says, I'm praying for all who will ever believe in my message, which includes many of us in this room that have put our faith and hope in Jesus. And to think, Jesus prayed for us. Do you realize that? Jesus prayed for you? Doesn't it make you want to know, well, like, what did Jesus pray? If prayer is a, is a window in a person's heart, we get, to, we get to have a window into the heart of Jesus as we step into John chapter 17. And I think we're going to see three things in Jesus' prayer. We're going to see his heart for his Father. We're going to see his heart for his followers, which includes all of us in the room as well, and we're going to ultimately see his heart for the world. So let's turn in our Bibles or on your phone app or follow along on the screen to John chapter 17, and let's first look at his heart for his father. This is John chapter 17, beginning in verse 1, and this is known as Jesus' high priestly prayer. It says, after saying all of these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and he said, Father, the hour has now come. 
glorify your son so that he can give glory back to you. Jesus begins this prayer and he says, Father, the hour has come. He's talking about really the end of his life. Jesus is, is moments away from being betrayed, from being arrested, then put on trial after trial after trial, which we'll look at in the, in the next couple of weeks to come, and ultimately to a crucifixion where he dies, gives his life away. So he's saying, Father, the hour has come, the, the, like the hour for my departure, the end of my life on this earth as we know it, that moment, that hour has come. And what does Jesus pray? He says, glorify your son. Now that word glory uh, comes from a Greek word, doxadzo. It's where we get the, the English term or the English word doxology. How many of us in the room have sung the doxology. Maybe you grew up in a church and, and it was like, I know for me, like every, every weekend after they passed the, uh, the, the offering plates, the, they would sing, praise God from whom all blessings flow, right? And I would always think, wait, that wasn't from God? Like my dad put a few dollars in the plate. That was from us. Like give us some credit, right? <laughs> it, was just, it was just... But the, the doxology, the, this, word, this word glory, it, it means to render or to esteem glorious or to give great honor, praise, value, wonder, splendor. And Jesus looks up to heaven and he says, my hour has come, Father, glorify me. Which sounds like, wow, I thought we were supposed to like pray for others first, right? It seems like in this moment, is this like a selfish prayer? Jesus is like, God, God, glorify me, like, give me splendor, like, make my name stick out, show, show the world the wonders of who I am, the value uh, that I bring. And yet, what we see in Jesus' prayer is not just glorify me, what did he say? He said, glorify the Son, so that. There was a purpose in his prayer, there was a purpose for Jesus, even in, in, in God giving him glory, he says, Glorify your son so that he can give glory back to you. This is what I love about Jesus. See, Jesus, he was never about himself. Jesus was always about doing the will of the Father. He, he wasn't there to gain glory for himself. And when he prayed, glorify the son, he was only saying it so that the son that could bring glory to the Father. He's saying, Help people see in me and through me more of who you are, Father, so that you will be known as splendorous, glorious, honorable, praiseworthy. And Jesus goes on in his prayer and he says, I brought you glory here on this earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. Remember, he was just about to finish the ultimate task of his life, giving his life away. And Jesus knew that the way that he could glorify his father was by doing the work that God had given him to do. And you know, the same is true for you and me. We will bring God glory in this world when we do the work that he's created us to do, whatever that work is. I mean, whatever that work is, whatever God has created you to be and to do, when we do it for him, 
God can get the glory. That means if you're a stay-at-home mom and you're loving on your kids and you're trying to be patient with your kids and you're, you're wiping their faces and you're, you're bandaging up their bruises, but you're doing it to honor Jesus, you bring glory to God. It means that if you're in the office and you're making business transactions and you're helping propel a company forward and you're using your gifts and your abilities and your mind and your, your, your skills with other people and you're doing it for God's glory, you're, you're bringing him glory. Like God can be glorified as we do the work that he has given us to do. And Jesus, Jesus was praying. He says, God, glorify the son, but only so that I can bring glory back to you. It's why a, a kid in school could say, God, help me with this test. Help me get an A, but help me get an A so that I can give the credit to you. It's why uh, 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 you know, football season starting, right? Browns kicked off and had their pre, pre, pre-season, right, opener, whatever. I don't know. It shows you how much of a football. Um, Seth and I, we're doing, so we're doing a uh, fantasy football league here at the chapel, like amongst our staff, and Seth got stuck with me. And, and I told him, I texted him yesterday, I'm like, are you sure you want to be on my team? Because I mean, I said, any, any good that happens in our team is going to be only because of you. And he's like, no, I, we're in the same boat, Todd. I don't know anything either. I'm like, so we're, I think we're going to name our team Sola Gra- Gratias, which means by grace alone. <laughs> like, if anything, if anything, if, 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 if we aren't dead last at the end of the fantasy football season, it will be by God's grace alone because there is no knowledge or skill between Seth and I when it comes to the NFL. Uh, I totally lost my place. Where... <laughs> but but to, to God be the glory. I mean, to, to God be the glory. Uh, whatever, whatever we do, we can bring glory uh, to God. So what, what we see in Jesus as he begins to pray, as we gain this kind of window into the heartbeat of Jesus, we see his heart for his father. But what we see in the, in the majority of the passage and prayer is his heart for his followers. And what we see first that he prays for his followers is for God's protection over them. All right, let's look at the text. John 17, and now we're down in verse 11. He says, Now I am departing from the world. They, he's talking about the disciples, his followers, they are staying in this world, but I am coming to you, he says. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are one. During my time here, he says, I protected them. It's like Jesus saying, hey, when I was with my people, my disciples, I had my eye on them. I could keep watch over them. I could protect them. But he says, I'm going away. He says, and I protected them by the power of the name that you gave me. I guarded them so that none of them was lost, except for the one headed for destruction, as the scriptures foretold. And he was talking about Judas, who would betray him. But Jesus Jesus, as we gain a a, a window into his heart, not just for his father, but for his followers, which includes you and me, and we say, well, what, what, what did Jesus pray for them? He prayed, Father, protect them. Protect them. He knew the dark and dangerous world that we were living in. He knew the enemy of our souls was out to kill and steal and destroy. And Jesus prays, Father, 
protect them. In fact, in verse 15, he goes on, he says, and I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. Now, this is where, you know, this is hard for me because here, it would have been so much easier, wouldn't it? Jesus, he looked down, you know, he's like, man, this, he came down, you know, he's like, man, this world is a mess. I mean, there's all kinds of sin and hatred and bitterness, and then, then there's all kinds of sickness and disease and disorder, and, and uh, wouldn't it have just been easier for Jesus to be like, you know what, guys, let's go. Let's get out of here. This place is a mess. Wouldn't that have been much easier? And yet, that's not what Jesus prays. Jesus doesn't say, like, take them out of the world, Father. He says, as they go into the world, he just says, keep them safe. Protect them, and protect them specifically from the evil one. It's just like when we pray the, the Lord's Prayer, right? Uh, deliver us from the evil one. And Jesus was praying for their protection, and he was praying for our protection. Jesus has left us in this world, but he hasn't left us alone. And he's, he, he prayed to his Father that we would be protected. Not that we would be Uh, safe necessarily. He says safe from the evil one, but the world that we live in, it is not safe, right? He was just praying that the father would continue to watch over his children and take care of them while they were still in this world. It's why we as a, a church, we have five core values. Our fourth core value is to be relevant. And the tagline that we use is we engage culture for Christ. Now, when I think about like the fa- Jesus's prayer for protection for his people, it, and, and I think about that even like in my own life and like with my own family and like as, as a father, like, you know, like we pray, God, protect our kids. And in reality, that just means like, don't, don't let them go anywhere. Like, just keep them, like, don't, don't you just want to keep them home, like wrap them in bubble wrap, um, never let them out of your sight. You know, you just want to, you just want to kind of protect them from all the, all the junk and all the chaos that's out there. And like, I'm, I'm relating to Jesus' prayer of protection here so much more even now than even when my kids were little. When they were little, well, I could keep an eye on them. Just like Jesus said, you know, when, I, when they were here, when I was with them, I could watch out for them. But Jesus was getting ready to leave, and so he, he goes to his father, and he says, God, you're going to have to watch out for them. Uh, my daughter, Lainey, our oldest, I know, she, she should be fine on her own, right? She's 23, but she just moved to Texas, 1,233 miles away, 19.5 hours driving. That's if you hit good traffic. It's, 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 it's such a new place for us. It's such a new place for me as a dad, like, I can't, I can't be there. I can't get to her quick. Like, what if her car breaks down? She's just going to call him and be like, well, call AAA. <laughs> I mean, those are the moments where you as dads or grandpas, right? I mean, you just you run to the rescue. You just do whatever you got to do for your kids, right? And we're in this whole new place. And she, I mean, she's great. She, she moved to, Texas, to Waco, Texas. She's working for Magnolia. All the ladies in the house are like, oh, Magnolia? Oh, my gosh, Chip and Joanna Gaines? <laughs> yes. On, on Thursday, my laney met Joanna Gaines' mom, this sweet, 
sweet little Korean woman. She was working in the plant shop that they have there on the, on the property of Magnolia, and uh, she was having a hard week and didn't feel like she was really connecting with anybody. And Lisa, on Thursday morning, she said, I was so heavy for Lainey, and I just prayed, God, give her one person, one connection, one person that shows her some, just a little bit of care, a little bit of attention. And, and Lainey was out on the, on, the, on the site visiting one of the, um, the plant shop because she's going to be doing HR and, like, hiring. Yes, I'm, proud, I'm a proud dad, too, not just protective, proud. Um, and uh, and uh, she meets Joanna Gaines' mom, and this sweet little lady just says, so who are you? And, and she finds out that Lainey just started a job. Oh, well, what are you doing? She's just asking her all about where she's, oh, you're working at the headquarters then, but why are you here? And she's talking to her, and, and, and then she says, and, and so now where, where did you, did you just, just start? Yes, and, and, Lainey says, and she says, where, where, where did you, where did you live before? And she's just thinking, you know, Texas, big state, like you probably just lived in Austin or just like close by. And Lainey's like, well, I moved from Ohio to, to come here. And the, the sweet woman just almost started crying. And she's like, oh, honey, you, you moved all the way from Ohio to come work for us. Everybody needs to know who you are. <laughs> and it was, just, it was just this answer to Lisa's prayer Thursday morning just that one person. See, the father is protecting. He's watching out for our kids, even when we can't, even when we can't be there. And the father, Jesus prayed, Father, watch out for my kids, my family, my followers. You guys, Jesus prayed for you. He prayed that the father would protect you. But he didn't just pray, Jesus, Father, protect them. He also prayed, Father, sanctify them. Look at what he prays in John chapter 17, verse 17. This is the NIV version because he uses this word. He says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Your NLT version says, make them holy by your word. And that word, make them holy, it is the word sanctify. The word sanctify literally means to set something apart for a specific purpose. So when we gain a window into the heart of Jesus and what he prayed for his followers, he said, God, Father, protect them. But then he said, Lord, sanctify them. Like, set them apart. Make them unique. Make them holy. Remember what he said? Uh, you know, I'm sending them into the world. He, he said, I, I'm not asking to take them out of the world but while they're in the world, I want you to sanctify them, set them apart, make them, while they're in the world, make them different from the world. That's Jesus' prayer for his followers. That's Jesus' prayer for you and for me. And how, how is it that Jesus says we will be sanctified, set apart, or, or made more holy? He says, sanctify them by your truth, for your word is truth. You guys, it's why every weekend we look at the scriptures. It's why there's Bibles in the Bible racks. It's, it's why we offer the, I was just talking to a sweet woman this morning. She's like, how do I get that Dwell Bible app? And we, I hope she got it by now, but we worked on it a little bit together. And, you know, it's why we offer resources like that. It's to, it's to help us dive into the truth of God's word. Why? Just so we can read, just so we can get smart, just so we can know more, just so we can be very theological, um, astute Christians? No, it's so that God 
can sanctify us. So he can, he can make us more like him because he uses his word to do that in our lives. It's why we, it's why we preach. It's why we study God's word on the weekends. It's, it's why we have small groups that, that study God's word together. It's why guys meet up for coffee and break open the, the bread of life, God's word, and, and challenge each other with it. It's why we have women's small groups and renewed. It's why we have student ministries and they're always going to be diving. Yeah, they're going to do some fun things, and, but they're going to they're look at the truth of God's word because we believe that God's word has the power to change lives. And, and, and in so doing, when we invest ourselves and engage in God's word, it can sanctify us, set us apart. And guess what? This is the best part of it all, you guys. You and I, could be the answer to Jesus' prayer. Most of the time in my life, I'm asking Jesus, I'm begging Jesus to answer my prayers. But rarely do we think about, well, what does Jesus want? What's Jesus' prayer? And here, he's praying for his followers. He prays protect them, and then he prays sanctify them, which means that as we partner with the power of God's Spirit in our lives and yield ourselves to God's truth in our lives, we'll be set apart, sanctified, and we will become the answer to Jesus' prayer. What an incredible, incredible thought. Sanctify them by your truth. And, and Jesus did something so that we could be sanctified. What he was about to go and do upon the cross, he says, and I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy, sanctified, by your truth. So Jesus, Jesus is praying for his followers. He prays, protect them. He prays, sanctify them. And then I love what he prays next. Send them. Send them. Let's look at the text together. Verse 18. He says, just as you sent me into the world. Remember, he's praying to the Father. And it was the Father who had sent the Son into the world for a work. And he says, just as you, Father, sent me into the world... I am sending them into the world. The word here is uh, send is, is missio. It's where we get our word mission, right? It's why we want to be a people, a, a church that is on mission. It's, and that's not just on, on mission trips. Yes, we, we do. I mean, we, we've just had teams return from places around the world to spread the gospel, to share, to be on mission. But our mission is wherever we step into from this place. The restaurant that you're going to go to this afternoon, it's a, it's a mission field. Your home, where your kids are, your grandkids are, it's a mission field. Your, your workplace that you'll walk into on Monday morning, whether it's an office, whether it's a, it's a construction site, whether it's a factory, it's a mission field. And Jesus, Jesus said, God, as you have sent me, I'm sending them. I'm sending them on mission. And, and what was the mission? The mission was to represent Jesus, to share Jesus with other people. It's why in his prayer, Jesus says, and this is the way in verse 3, this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. This was the heartbeat of Jesus, that every person would have a chance to know God and to know 
God through the person of Jesus, have a personal relationship with him, realize that we're all sinners and that we, we need a savior and that we can, we can confess our sin and turn away and turn to Jesus and find hope and faith and real life. And Jesus has prayed, not just protect them, not just, oh, sanctify them, make them real holy, but it's make them real holy for a purpose. Not to, not to, to save them and keep them all close here, but to send them, to send them on mission. He, he prays, protect them, sanctify them, send them. And finally, Jesus prays, unify them. And this is probably the biggest theme that we come across in John chapter 17 at all, and so let's look at it together. Jesus prays, I'm praying not only for these disciples, here it is, guys, but for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That is you and me right here, right now. If if you're here today and you've believed in the message of Jesus, Jesus was praying for you over 2,000 years ago, these very words. He says, I pray for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Verse 21, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I in, in you, and may they be in us, why? So that the world will believe that you sent me. Remember I said before, in this prayer of Jesus, we get his heart for his father, his heart for his followers, but we also gain his heart for the world. He says, Father, make them one so that the world will believe that you sent me. Verse 22, I've given them the glory. There's that word again, the glory. Remember Jesus said, glorify the Son. Make him splendorous. May all people see his value. In, in order that I might glorify the Father. And now Jesus is saying, and guess what? I'm going to share my glory. I'm going to give my glory to my people. But why would God want to give us glory, like draw attention to you and me? It's so that we would be one. Why? So that the world will believe that Jesus has been sent. Verse 23, he says, I am them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as I, as you love me. Unity. Unify them. That's what Jesus prayed. Not just protect them, not just sanctify them, not just send them, but unify them. You know, there, there's something powerful when you get a group of people together with one heart, with one purpose, with one mission, incredible things can happen. And yet we, we live in such an individualistic society, in the individual world where we've kind of all got our plans and all the, you know, the things that, we're, you know, we're, everybody's out for number one and it's, it's not that number one, it's, it's the number one that's inside of each one of us, Right? But Jesus, so Jesus said, man, I know how, how different and how divided humanity can be. I think Jesus was praying in advance. He knew even how divided the church could be. And, and, and certainly there, there's 
reasons to divide when, when, it, when it's about the things that matter the most. But so many times what the church is known for are, are petty disagreements. Things that, I mean, not, we're not talking about keeping the main thing the main thing. We're talking about sideline issues where, where Christians fight and bicker at one another. And yet we've got Jesus, the one that loved us and gave his life for us and shed his blood for our sins, even for our, our disunity and our division and our disagreements. It's why Jesus would pray to his father before he left this earth, God, you got to get them together. You got to make them one. You know what's at stake when it comes to our oneness is the world. That's what Jesus said. And the, the world is watching, and they're watching people that call themselves Christians who are so divided and often so, so divisive over issues. And it doesn't, listen, unity doesn't mean uniformity, doesn't mean that we're all going to look the same, act the same, talk the same, agree on everything. But it means that we're going to choose to agree and be one on the main things. On the main things that the, that the Bible is trustworthy, it's God's truth. And on the main thing that Jesus really came from the Father, full of grace and truth. On the main thing that, that Jesus took on human flesh and, and died upon a cross, paying for the sins of humanity. Those are the things that we're together on, and we're, we're going to be together on, that we're unified on. And we might disagree on mode of baptism, or we might disagree on a particular you know, position but when we keep the main thing the main thing, we, we are one. And we will be the answer to Jesus' prayer. One as a church body called the chapel in this little place called Port Clinton Campus. And then one as a, as a church body known as the chapel that meets in three locations in Norwalk and in Sandusky and right here in Port Clinton. And one as the body of Christ, people across the way at other churches that, that love Jesus, that believe in the, in the truth of God's word, that believe that Jesus gave his life for our sins, like we can be one. That's why, it's why it's like a thing like Hope Fest is such a beautiful thing. Like Christians from different churches coming together. It's, it's why when we do uh, Wings and Worship and we gather in downtown Port Clinton in September and we just come together and under the name of Jesus, like he's what matters the most. We can let all the sideline issues stay on the sidelines, but we can go out onto the field together as one team because because we've experienced Jesus and his grace and his love. And this was Jesus' greatest prayer. Protect them, sanctify them, send them, but oh God, make them one, unify them. And so I thought today as we close our services, since we were talking about prayer, that we would pray. And so I'm gonna invite you to stand with me. And as one body with one voice, because if, if prayer is a window into a person's heart, what we gain Today in John 17 is a window into Jesus' heart. And 2,000 years ago, he uttered these words. And we have the chance to be the answer to his prayer this week. And so if you're with me and we're with each other, let's pray these words together. Father God, we ask that you would glorify yourself through our lives. 
We pray that others would get a greater glimpse of your love because of how we love. Father, please protect us from the evil one and protect those who are serving you all around the world. Sanctify us, Lord, by your truth. Make us holy by your word. Keep us from division and disunity. Help us to love one another and fight for unity. May we experience such perfect unity that the world will know that Jesus is the Savior. Father, glorify your name in all the earth. Amen. Now go be the church this week. <laughs>